interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Glad to have you along. Uh, I hope your Saturday is going well. Uh, the weather, wow. We went from uh, the bitter cold to the nice and balmy, and now back to the medium bitter cold and the dusting of snow. And uh, But that's February. That's just the way it is. For me, you know me, I'm a Husker baseball fan. Uh, I'm already looking forward to the Huskers I've already played this week. They're gonna. I, I'm looking at the home schedule, and I am getting ready to go to see some Husker baseball. I'm just hoping that it's warm by the time March uh, gets here, and we can watch some Husker baseball, and uh, I, I think they're going to be pretty decent this year. Uh, of course, you know, I always think that because I'm the ultimate Husker optimist. So uh, uh, go Big Red, uh, keep watching basketball, men's and women's, and uh, and we'll see what happens with baseball as things start up. Uh, it was I was thinking about uh, who to have on the program, and it, and it occurred to me that uh, there's a new, and I think the title is executive director, uh, at Matt Talbot Kitchen that I have not met yet. So I decided, hey, maybe maybe someone down there would hook me up with a new executive director, and by jolly, uh, she consented to come to a program with me this morning. And uh, that is, I'm speaking of Alin Sampson. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you. And uh, you, have, how long have you been in the position at this point? Uh, just a short six months. I began in August of 23. August of 23. Mm-hmm. And you're following somebody who is there how many years? 25 years, <laughs> which is hard. And, you know, Susie is such a, a great legend here in Lincoln uh, for no, the nonprofit world. And uh, while it's cool to follow her, it's intimidating because she did leave such a legacy. Um, and so it's there's a lot to live up to when you follow somebody like Susie. Yes. By the way, you're the first person I've ever heard call her Susie. Oh. It's always, it's always Suzanne. But oh, my gosh. Yes. I like uh, I like Susie. I have a cousin, Susie. Okay. Yes. That uh, That is, I guess we are on friendly terms that I have known her as Susie. Um yeah. Occasionally, I'll call her Suzanne, but really, Susie, you know, we are, we're, yeah. we're pals, we're friends, and Susie, Susie Blue is what I, what I call her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I went to high school with her husband, and that is a, that is a nonprofit mm. uh, power couple there. It really is. It uh, really is. Yeah. There, uh, so uh, just a little bit of, sometimes in the first segment, we want to get to know the guests mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and then we'll go, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about what's happening at Matt Talbot. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, But before we get there, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd, where'd you grow up? Mm-hmm. Yes, I grew up in Lincoln, uh, and I went to Lincoln Public Schools here, so elementary, middle, high school. I graduated from Lincoln High School. Uh, and then I went on to Nebraska Westland and graduated with my, with my undergraduate in social work. Mm. Um, and then I went on later to get my master's degree in social work from UNO. 
Uh, so very similar to, to Susie, which is why she's such a great mentor. I think that's why we became such good friends is we had so many similarities and interests. Um, and so I began when I graduated with my undergraduate, I worked at teammates mentoring program for a few years, Mm -hmm. uh, coming out of college. And I really loved the nonprofit work and just being able to show up and do the good work. Uh, there wasn't a lot of red tape or, um, you know, it was just great human work. And I loved that. It was part time. Uh, and then I got married and was pregnant and thought I should get a full time job and started looking around and came across a job that said backpack coordinator at the Food Bank of Lincoln um, and decided to apply. And I really didn't know a lot about the Food Bank at that time. And Amazingly, I got the job and I stayed there for 15 years uh, until um, I, in that time, I got to know Susie really well and I did my practicum for my graduate degree at Matt Talbot and I really fell in love with the organization and the staff and their mission and I just kept trying to stay involved Um, and so then I became a board member and I just thought if there was ever anywhere else I would work, it would that's the only place. It would be Matt Talbot. And so when Susie announced her retirement, uh, she really encouraged me to think about, you know, my future. And um, she really saw something in me that um, pushed me to, you know, to apply and just to try to see if I, if that would be something that I would want to do. And so I decided to apply and um, got the job. And here I am. Wow. Um, now, being a lifelong Lincolnite, mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong Lincolnite. Yes. Uh, one of the things when I have people on and we talk about, uh, uh, again, serving people uh, who, who have needs, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I think that we uh, battle a little bit in this community is mm-hmm. that a lot of people will say, well, I don't know. I look around and everybody seems to be doing okay, right? Mm-hmm. And you've had a wide range of experience. How would you describe the uh, issues of poverty in Lincoln? Mm. I think, you know, Lincoln, I think we do a really great job um, hiding the poverty. I think that um, if you don't want to see it, you you won't see it. Uh, and I think that that's something that, you know, can be a good thing, but also uh, a bad thing because you don't really realize what a prevalent issue it is. And I think that even poverty just what we envision poverty to look like has changed over so many years, the last 20, 30 years that we have this vision of someone, you know, in tattered clothes and dirt on their face and um, somebody holding a sign on the street. And that really isn't what the only image of poverty, Uh, you know, there are working families who are holding a job and they are struggling and they fall below that poverty line and they Mm -hmm. have a job where you have to wear nice clothes. And so you may not even know it could literally be your neighbor that is experiencing something that you just Mm -hmm. don't know. And I think that's something that there's a lot of misconceptions still is just For some reason, we are stuck on an image of poverty. So if we don't see what we perceive as poverty, it must not be happening. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I I always advocate for is just um, it's it's ever changing. And it is it could be you. It could be me. It's our neighbor. And to think of it as 
our neighbors, um, when we talk about hunger or poverty, mm-hmm. that it really could be any of us at any time. Yeah, yeah. When you reflect on your life, mm-hmm. and uh, and you and then you give this developing desire, hey, I think I want to mm-hmm. serve people in this way. What were some mm-hmm. of the things in your own personal experience mm-hmm. that that kind of helped you realize mm-hmm. this might be your calling? Yeah, I think from a young young age, my mom always tells stories of this that I just. Um, always wanted to be involved in helping in some way, whether it was um, helping them do something, you know, that I just wanted to be a part of it. Or uh, I think questioning things of, you know, what's going on with this person or why, what is this giving tree? You know, what is this about? Or can we buy one more present? Can we buy one more thing for someone um, that it just became a, a deep interest um, in middle school I was a part of the student council, and we volunteered at uh, the gathering place, and that really piqued my interest of just that service component. And I just always have had this deep interest of um, justice and and figuring out what has happened, where we are, where we're at. And I, in high school, I took a great sociology class that really triggered a ton of interest. And I learned so much about um, injustice and inequalities and inequities. And that really, from that point, piqued my interest as far as needing to get that information out and wanting to be a part of the solutions. And then I went to Nebraska Westland and somebody encouraged me to go to the social work department and talk to the social work department about it because they could just tell I was so interested in that. So uh, I think... I don't know. It's always been a part of, and still to this day, that there's just something deep inside that really bothers me when I know there's an injustice or an inequity that's something that that person is experiencing that they can't control, whether it's because of their appearance or because of where they were born or things that they have no control over, but they're experiencing something that's different from myself or someone else that I know. I think that that's something that has always just bothered me. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a little break yep. here and we're going to come back there and we'll, and we'll, I want to remind me of a couple of themes I'd like to dig, in, <laughs> dig into a little bit here. And then we want to hear about what's happening at Matt Talbot and uh, the latest things. Uh, I don't know, maybe some changes in the last six months, mm-hmm. maybe more of the same. Uh, uh, we'll find out, right? Yes. Okay. It's a friendly fire Saturday here uh, talking with Alin Sampson. And uh, she is the new executive director at uh, Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. Glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. We're just getting started here. It's a friendly fire Saturday on 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking with Lynn Sampson. And uh, she's the executive director here at the Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. And um, by the way, you're given your background there. You mentioned working uh, in teammates a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of what we know about teammates is probably from commercials done by Tom Osborne or something like that. Did you did you ever work with Tom? I did a little bit. Uh, we definitely, you know, he's always so involved in that program. Um, so I did definitely see him and. He would come and speak at events, and so yeah, I did. I did get to know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, I assume that it just continues to grow mm-hmm. over the years. Um, it it seems like this is like um, okay. There are different levels of 
of you know involvement and yes. engagement in terms of things. And this seems to me like it's, I mean, I know anytime you're getting out there and meeting people, it's it can be a challenge. But mm-hmm. this seems like it's a it's pretty close to 101. Uh, would mm-hmm. am I am I seeing that the right way? Yes, yes, it definitely is. Uh, you know, we, when I was working at Teammates, it was very much we're finding adults to meet for an hour a week with a young person, uh, and I loved. I love that model. I still am a huge advocate for mentoring today because I think we can all think back to one person that took time just Mm -hmm. to encourage you and to be positive and uh, what that meant for you. It's hard for anyone to think of not having some person at some point Mm -hmm. in their life. And I think that's the power of mentoring. And um, I'll always push that and encourage people just to be that one person because it can make a huge difference yeah. um, of what happens in a young person's life. Yeah. I mean, you even mentioned, referenced uh, yeah. a teacher who was who played mm-hmm. a role. Was that a yes. middle, middle school? It was, uh, you know, the middle school. It was the student council, so somebody encouraging us. Mm-hmm. Um, really in high school, uh, there was a sociology teacher, Mrs. Meyer. Okay, uh, that's the one. Yep, and she completely changed my perspective on the world and just teaching me about all of these systems that are in place and um, injustices that happen and then just really lighting a fire in me and wanting to act on that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um well, let's get into. Uh, I've got a wide range of areas here, but let's <laughs> let's make sure we we spend some time yes. talking about what's happening at Matt, Matt Talbot. When you come in, I'm assuming again mm-hmm. after a 25 year stint there that mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's pretty well established, and uh, I'm guessing that a good chunk of your job is just to keep that moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, were there some things that initially that you thought, hey, I, I can I have my own fingerprints, and mm-hmm. I'd like to I'd like to maybe do something that reflects more my uh, personality and calling. Yeah, I think it was such a well-maintained organization. I think that's what appealed to me. It's very uh, stable. Uh, Susie did such a great job laying really incredible foundation for this organization that it's easy to come in and just keep it running um, to maintain the ship, so to speak. And the staff are incredible, so dedicated. And so really when I came in, it was just maintaining things. And I think, you know, now that I'm six months in, it's kind of what do, what does it look like for me now to run the organization and how do I make sure that um, to keep Susie's legacy going and then kind of make it my own. And so there's been a few things. I think, uh, you know, I came in during a really hot week. It was like 110 degrees, you know, that entire week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the ship was going well, but it's really the guests that we saw. Okay. Uh, and I knew that, that the guests were really, some of the, our guests were really struggling. Hot weather brings a lot of dif- different challenges. And so that very first week, it was really tough um, because they were just, it was hot. There was a lot of mental health crises happening with some of our guests. Um, and just, I think it's a different approach of how do you, how do I handle that versus how was it handled before, which I think could be different. Um, and so now I, you know, I'm six months in and I think there's definitely some things that I'm trying to make it my own. Um, something that we're working on right now is kind of what we call a dining room refresh. So, uh, you know, we just want to make sure our place um, is 
when you walk in, it feels calm, it feels inclusive, uh, and it's really we're taking it like a trauma-informed perspective of, mm. uh, you know, we've been touring around as a new executive director. I've been going around to different agencies and just really talking to their staff and their EDs about their design and how they design their space. Centerpoint's a great example. Um, they really took a trauma-informed approach as far as their color scheme, how it feels when clients or guests come in. Um, and we have so many of our guests with so much trauma and just uh, chaos in their lives that I really want it to be as soon as you walk in, if you're new, you know exactly where to go, uh, mm. but it's also just, it feels calm and it also feels very inclusive and that it's for everyone. And I think mm. that's something that we're really trying to focus on in this next year of, um, are we kind of looking at the research as far as like colors or where tables are situated or are there spaces for people to sit as a group or if they want to sit by themselves, do we have that space? Mm. Uh, and so that's something, you know, I guess I'm kind of putting my own touch on just making sure that we are uh, sticking, staying with the times and keeping up on some of that new research that's coming out as far as what it means when you have people coming into a community space. Yeah. You know, as a, as a pastor, I'm, I'm asking people to come into my space every, you know, mm -hmm. all the time. And, uh, and just for people whose lives are fairly normal-ish, yeah. you know, just to go into a building, a place mm -hmm. they've never been before, it, it can be intimidating. Yeah. But now, um, you're talking about, again, uh, people who are probably going through some particular mm -hmm. hardships. Uh, yeah. And so there, you've got even a bigger challenge than I have mm -hmm. by, by quite a stretch. Mm -hmm. um, what you mentioned, um, uh, and again, no big surprise here. I think we're, as a culture, we're all having a mental health crisis and there's yeah. a lot of different things going on. But yep. what are the partic particular aspects of that mental health crisis as it intersects with, uh, what, with Matt Talbot's work? Mm -hmm. I think there's so many challenges. I think, um, you know, we keep blaming things on, on COVID, but I really think we're still dealing with so many of those outcomes of what happens when things shut down or folks were isolated for so long. And uh, when you are isolated and you may maybe be, you might be struggling with a little bit of mental health issues and then you've been isolated and so you medicate that with alcohol or you medicate that with drugs and now all of a sudden you have an addiction problem and then that has now elevated your mental health illness that maybe was kind of teetering on that like manageable, but now it's unmanageable. So mm. now it's, we see folks where we're just not sure even where to start. Do we start mm. with the addiction or do we start with the mental health crises that we see every day. Um, mm. And so we see, and that's, I think, the hardest part of our work is trying to really be patient and working with individuals who are coming in who um, are angry or who uh, are hearing voices or who are hallucinating and seeing things that aren't there, um, that it's hard to know how do we keep our staff safe? How do we keep our fellow guests safe? But also how do we serve that individual uh, who needs services so desperately? And I think that's uh, the hardest part of our work is just trying to navigate that. Um, we had a gentleman in our dining room today and it was just, we've been trying so hard to get him services, but it's so hard if someone is in an altered state mm. uh, and it's hard to get through to that person 
um, to get to the real person to say, you know, we're here. Can we finish that eval? Um, and there becomes a point where it's no longer safe for the staff. And so then it's that hard decision where you have to decide um, what is the best option that we have here. And for this person, it was unfortunate that we had to ask him to leave because it was no longer safe for our staff, that it just became unpredictable. And I think that's those are the things that uh, Lincoln doesn't see necessarily mm -hmm. um, that we're experiencing every day. And so when you send this person out on the street, um, you don't know what's going to happen. A lot of times they've burned bridges at numerous agencies. And so if we might have been the last stop and they have violent behavior and uh, those, I think, are that's so difficult and you just don't know what's going to happen to that person and I think that's what society has to figure out is what do we do with those individuals? Yes. And we just make us, we assume there's somebody somewhere who's yep. going to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, even as a church, oftentimes we, again, we, we try to be helpful with people. Yep. We don't have half, we don't have one tenth of the tools that, you know, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. you have. And then, then it's hard getting to that point where you realize, mm -hmm. I think we've maxed out. I yep. think we've done what we can do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and anybody who's in the people business hates to get to that point. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 in fact, it's the very reason why we got into the, what we're doing is because mm -hmm. we don't, we don't want to get to that point, but once yeah. in a while it happens. It does. It does. And it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Take a little break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about some of those services there because uh, we have different, uh, nonprofits, different things doing, doing different things. I want to make sure that people know exactly, um, uh, the kind of stuff that you're doing down there. Okay. Sound good? Yep. All right. It's a friendly fire Saturday here on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. I'm talking with Alin Sampson. She is the executive director of the Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. And, uh, okay, when we hear Matt Talbot Kitchen, right away we think, oh, okay, well, they feed people. Yep. And, and, I, and probably early on that was probably the main thing that, the, that Matt Talbot did, right? It was. It was a, a, a center or a place, you know, two women thought, okay, how can we essentially feed the homeless? And so they came up with this idea where they were serving soup uh, and thought, okay, can we do this on a larger scale? Mm -hmm. And so that is really how Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach was born. It's just that idea that can we serve meals? There are individuals who are really going without. Uh, and so now 
that's what we're most well known for is serving lunch and dinner every day of the week, uh, all year long. Um, but I think it's, there are just things that happen when you are breaking bread with someone and sharing a meal uh, and sitting with somebody that there are conversations that happen and you can't ignore it. So when someone is telling you about telling you their story and letting you in, it's hard to ignore and say, well, there's nothing we can do about that. And so I think as those conversations started happening, as you share a table with someone and sit with them, there's just such power in sharing a meal and things that just happen. And I think that's exactly what came out of it is that people were starting to tell stories of their addiction. People started telling stories of being homeless and the resources that were needed, or I needed new shoes, I need hygiene items. And so uh, things like I wish that I could take a shower. And so all of these things started happening where it, services started getting added on. Um, and then I think when you provide a safe refuge uh, and also provide these compassionate services, people come back and people trust you. And so they're really willing to open up. And I think that's what's happened over the last 30 years is, you know, our guests, which is what we call um, the individuals coming in, they've really dictated what services Matt Talbot has because mm -hmm. they're the ones that are telling us what's needed and what would be most helpful. And then we're adjusting to make sure that those resources or those services mm -hmm. get added. And I think yeah. that's what appealed to me and what I love about Matt Talbot is the staff just didn't make this up, assuming, you know, these are services that we think people need. It was really our guests and our clients saying, I need to take a shower and there's nowhere to take a shower. Okay, yeah. let's put in a shower. Or I haven't done laundry for a week and I have nothing else to wear. Okay, let's get a washer and dryer in here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what is so great about the services that we provide is that it's so much guest-led. Mm. Now, uh, by the way, all the way back to you talking about sitting around and sharing a meal. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine who used the phrase breaking bread, yep. which, mm -hmm. you know, my, that's very, it's super common, right? Yes. Yeah. He literally takes bread with him mm. to Lincoln High and uh, uh, shares it with kids. I love that. And uh, and he didn't start out that way, but he got to the point where that would, would work and be effective. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now kids just want to come and they mm. want to have a piece of fresh, you know, homemade yep. bread. And they want to, uh, and then the, these these relationships form, yes. and people start talking. Mm -hmm. There is something unique about uh, mm. about sharing a meal, isn't there? There really is, and I think, um, you know, there's uh, there's just this power in feeding, and I think that that's people underestimate that of what happens if you just sit down with somebody and eat with them, or you know, extend your table invite people in and I I think that's something that we're trying to build upon and I think that's really kind of my my thing that I'm bringing is that I want more community people to come in and experience that and to share a meal with somebody uh, that it's not just for our guests or you have to be experiencing homelessness or in poverty to eat a meal that I want anyone from the community to come in and experience um, and sit with somebody and get to know them. And because this is our community, you know, these individuals are our community. They're our neighbor. Mm -hmm. They're um, a part of Lincoln. And it's, I don't want this just to be a hub for those people. I really want it to be this is a community feel uh, mm -hmm. because so much 
so many things can happen. And I think that you are, you become a better advocate. You become more vocal if you know the stories and if yeah. you uh, know what our guests are really experiencing. And I think that that's the power in what happens when you when you share a meal. Yeah. Now let's say I do, let's say I come down there yeah. and I say, Hey, I want to sit at the table. And I want to, mm-hmm. and I, I'm a chatty guy. I'll talk, I'll talk with anybody. <laughs> and, uh, but oftentimes the mm-hmm. kind of questions we ask people mm. are things like, Oh, well, you know, where do you live? And, right. and, or what's your job mm-hmm. or what, and th- those kind of things. Yeah. I'm guessing those might not be great discussion starters. I, Yes, you are spot on. I would. I always say that's like our middle class lens yes. uh, coming through. Yes. Um, and then, so help me with what yes. would be some of the things if I that, that are more neutral that mm-hmm. are just people questions as opposed to uh, tell me about your social status. Right. I think that the first thing you know when I I try to sit down in the dining room every single day, uh, and when I first started, it's introducing yourself first to say like, hey, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? And I always just say like, how's it going? What's Mm. going on today? Mm. Uh, It's always easy to talk about, you know, the weather or Mm -hmm. um, just like, what did you do this morning? Or where are you coming from? Or what did you do last night? And I think, or what's going on? I think that's always a great opening. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it is just sitting in silence that sometimes people don't even need you to say anything. It's just your presence. I think that uh, that is powerful that sometimes people like silence and sometimes they don't and they'll open up. Um, And I think that that's, I just want people to, our guests to know like the community cares about them and that they're part of it. And I think that's why I'm trying to pull people in um, to make them want to come in and just not feel scared of people who are experiencing homelessness or not think like, Oh, they're unapproachable or I can't Um, because you learn great things. And some of our guests have incredible stories about where they've been and where they've traveled and, uh, historical things that, you know, I've not known about. And I think that is the coolest part, um, of the job. Did you watch Ted Lasso? uh, I didn't know. Wow. Put it on your list. I know it has been on my Uh, list for a long time. Yeah. Well, one of his, uh, one of his sayings was, uh, don't be judgmental, be curious. Yeah. And that's uh, great. And so the, uh, but it's, uh, but it is interesting. It's a certain kind of curiosity. It it, is. You kind of prop the door open, but Mm -hmm. you're not making them feel awkward if they don't want to walk through the door. Right. And I think it's even offering, um, you know, my big thing is like offering grace, offering grace to folks who don't get to experience that. Mm. Um, So if they tell you, gosh, I had a terrible night because I drank and I've been sober for three days and I'm really trying, or um, Mm. I got fired from my job, or I didn't do this. It's, It's showing them grace and offering that because I think so many of our guests don't experience that. And by having somebody from the community come in, you know, I was just saying, I saw, um, I read a book um, called Just Mercy. And I think there's such great quotes in that, but it is about who you give mercy to. And mercy is for people who are what we feel is the most undeserving. And that's who you show up for. That's who you show mercy to and that's who you're showing grace to it's about second third fourth chances that you think maybe they don't deserve it 
Um, but that doesn't matter. That's not what mm. it's about. And I think that's what Matt Talbot is about. And I want people from the community to come in and, and show our guests that. Yeah. You're, you're talking my language now. That's the, <laughs> that's the, you sound like a pastor. Over there. <laughs> the, uh, we, you know, God has, God has been very kind to us and gracious mm-hmm. and caring for us in Christ. And so we, that we we get the opportunity to yeah. be that way toward others, right? And uh, we don't always take that opportunity, do we? We don't, and yeah. I I wish that more folks did because I think there is a power in that. That there yeah. is a power of uh, receiving grace or receiving mercy with nothing expected in return. Yes, and what happens when you're given that? And I yeah. I think that our guests feel that and. Um, it may not show up tomorrow mm-hmm. and it may not show up next week, but I think it's kind of like that mentoring thing that, but it shows up at some point. Mm-hmm. You just may not be around to see it. And that's the good faith of this work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a last break. When we come back, we'll do a little shameless plug. Okay. And then we'll uh, find out. I, I bet there are some ways we could pop in for lunch, but I bet there are some mm-hmm. other ways we could yes. connect with Matt Talbot, right? Yep. Okay. We'll talk about that. It's a friendly fire Saturday here talking to Alin Sampson. Uh, she's the executive director at Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. We're glad to have you along on a friendly fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a friendly fire Saturday talking with Alin Sampson. And, Alin, it is the time where we always do a shameless plug. Yes. So I say uh, plug away. I love shameless plugs. Uh, okay, we are open uh, Sunday through Saturday, uh, 8.30 to 6.30. And I want everyone to know they are welcome to have lunch every day, 11.30 to 12.30, dinner, 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, we're always looking for volunteer teams. So if you want to help prepare, serve, uh, whether it's lunch or dinner, we always need volunteers for that. Um, we're always looking for volunteers to help us with laundry and shower. That's one of our largest services of just helping guests get all of the supplies they need in order to take a shower or to get their laundry in the laundry in the sh- in the um, washer or dryer. Uh, if you are traveling and you think, gosh, what should I do with these travel size shampoos and conditioners? <laughs> Please give them to Matt Talbot, Kitchen and Outreach. We would love them. We are always in need of the travel size hygiene items. So shampoo, soap, conditioner, toothpaste, toothbrushes, uh, razors, any of those items we love. We currently are super short on the travel size shampoos. I don't mm. think we have any. So if you're traveling, please bring us those. Mm. Uh, other items that we need, um, we're still dealing with winter. It keeps creeping up. So men's size gloves, uh, we're always in need of blankets, sleeping bags, heavy coats, uh, any of those items we'll take. Um, but otherwise just, I think talking about what Matt Talbot does, you know, we are trying to house folks. We are, we're always looking for new landlords to rent to some of our individuals that we're serving, um, and getting the word out about um, what's going on with those who are experiencing homelessness or almost becoming homeless is a huge thing. Um, so volunteering, we're all, we have tons of volunteer opportunities. You can find it on mtko.org. The same with giving, uh, where funds are the best way for us to stretch 
what we're doing, whether that's paying rent for the houses that we have individuals staying in, um, helping to pay to get someone an ID where they need, they haven't had identification for a few years, which they need in order to rent or to get a job. Um, and so we're always looking for gifts. And again, you can give to us on mtko.org. Uh, we have some events coming up for us. We have a huge fundraiser happening in April, on April 25th. It's our Feeding the Soul of the City event. Um, so it's an evening where we have hors d'oeuvres. We tell some stories. Uh, we will have our substance abuse coordinator who has been with Matt Talbot um, for about 11 years. Uh, he just celebrated his 20th year anniversary of being sober. And so he will tell mm. his story and what led him to uh, getting on that path of sobriety and how he's maintained that. Uh, so he'll tell his story that evening and we'll have a fun live auction um, and tickets will go on sale for that in March. Wow. Okay. MTKO.org. Yes. And the brick and mortar, uh, it's yes. kind of, how do you just, I mean, it's on North 27th, but how it, do you describe What's for the what's yes. the intersecting street there? There is it's almost I believe Fairfield. So we are we're twenty one twenty one North twenty seventh, and we are right before you go over the viaduct, um, going to Cornhusker. So if you um, we are just south of Cornhusker. So if you see an old building and you think, gosh, that really looks like an old library, uh, <laughs> that is us. We are, in fact, an old Carnegie library. Uh, and so if you drive by and you've, and you've always wondered, what is that building? That is Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. So feel free to swing on by. We love giving tours, talking about the work that we do, um, and invite you to lunch or dinner. And it's expanded a little bit over the years, right? It's definitely expanded. We have a staff of 24 now, and so we've built on a few additions to accommodate that and just grow our mm -hmm. programming so that we can do some more classes with our individuals and have more office space for our growing staff. Yes. And by the way, if you bike on the on the north side of town, yes. I've, that's actually, I've, I've passed it more times biking than driving. Yes, yes. We get lots of bikers, runners. Our staff go on walks on those paths, so... Uh, just encourage people to come on in and not be shy about understanding or knowing what Matt Talbot does. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, uh, you know, five minutes left here. Yep. I wanted to think about uh, some of some of the things that you mentioned. I had a lot of things bubbling in my head here. <laughs> One of that is the um, uh, the well, basically, you didn't use the word, but triage. I mean, mm. people come in and mm -hmm. they. And, you know, there's there's multiple things going on, right? Yes. And uh, so, and, and trying to figure out where to begin. I mean, that's got to mm -hmm. be a, a challenge. Is that mm -hmm. is that something that there's ongoing research on? Is that something just the more you do it, the more you kind of get a sense, mm -hmm. uh, a spidey sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, how, how do you, how do you begin to actually mm -hmm. practically say, okay, here are some of the principles of, of how we're going to approach a yep. particular situation? Yeah, uh, it's a challenge. I think our staff have so many years of experience kind of triaging and and it can just be as simple as someone walking in and a look that they have on their face that a staff can identify quickly to think, OK, this person might need something. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think the first thing we always offer if people come in the first time, offer them coffee or water and to have a seat uh, and then our staff introduce themselves if 
if we haven't seen them before and then kind of give them a list of our services. Like here's when lunch is, you can stay for lunch. Um, is there anything that you need right now? So if there are immediate items that we can get clothing, hygiene, we do that. And then kind of go through our little checklist of things like, are you housed? Um, do you need resources? Do you need food? They kind of have their little system of if somebody is coming in and they haven't seen them before, um, we greet them at when they arrive. Our staff, we have one person on duty at all times, especially during lunch and dinner, to greet those guests. So mm -hmm. if somebody comes in and we don't know who they are, we make sure that they know who we are and then introduce them to our services. So would you, would you describe that as a combination of of informed research and personal experience? Yes, I would say both, definitely. And our uh, director of housing and outreach who oversees those staff members, um, she has run shelters for years. And so she has a really great, um, she's done a lot of research. And again, that's which is why we're kind of going, redesigning our dining room a little bit for more of a trauma-informed side of things to make sure that it's, it's easy to navigate if you come in there and you've never been there before. It's very clear. You know where to find our staff. Our staff then know how to identify you quickly and get you any services that you might need. Yeah. Just a, a couple of minutes left, but mm -hmm. you used the phrase trauma-informed approach. Mm. And we, I think a lot of what you're <laughs> talking about kind of reflects that. Mm -hmm. But it is easy. I think part of the problem is that if you don't deal with people who are in trauma all the time, mm -hmm. then you're, you kind of just want to fix – fix yep. something and then move on, right? Yes. But trauma, by mm -hmm. definition, a lot, mm -hmm. of the, a lot of the people who are coming to yep. you and other services like yours, mm -hmm. they are in the middle of some kind of trauma. And yeah. so it, it, it requires kind of a different mindset. How do, you, how do you put on that mindset? It does. It requires a completely different mindset. And again, you know, sometimes we get stuck in like our middle class mindset of doing things, but understanding that when a trauma happens, uh, it's very similar to a brain injury. And so when your body experiences a traumatic event, uh, your brain reacts as though it's been injured. And so that now your brain is operating different than, say, my brain. Um, and so we can't take it personal if someone is uh, angry or loses their patience on us or calls us a name or... Um, has gone to three other agencies before they came here, um, and it does require a different hat to know, okay, this isn't about me this time. Is it easy for me to get offended and try to fight back? Yes, it is, but we're not going to do that. And I think our staff are really great at, at putting that hat on to say, okay, there could be a lot more things going on, and so let me just take a breath myself. Uh, so that I can give this person some of that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. The, uh, everyone has a story. Everyone does. That's yep. right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today to share your story. Thank you. And we really appreciate what you do. And, and again, don't forget mtko.org. That's the website. Thank you. You bet. Uh, great being with you today. Uh, that is Alyn Sampson here, the Executive Director at Matt Talbot. I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.